Hi, everybody. My name is Jennifer Johnson, and I am a chronic pain coach. You are listening to Thought by Thought Healing, where I'm going to be sharing my story of pain and my journey to recovery. I will discuss current neuroscience and how it is proving that we can heal from chronic pain and other symptoms. I also want to share how I have discovered the gospel is incredibly powerful in this process. This is my first episode, and I'm really excited to be here. I want to talk about two things. One is the question, what is pain? And then I want to share my story of pain and recovery. I'm hoping that by the end of these two subjects, you will understand why I believe that you can also heal from chronic pain. So what is pain? Most people assume that when we experience pain, it is an indication, if not proof, that the body part that is hurting, that there is something structurally and physically wrong there. And that is sometimes true, but it is not always true. The reason that understanding pain is so important is that we have over 50 million people in the United States alone who are in chronic pain. I think this is proof that we don't understand pain and we are not treating specifically chronic pain correctly. There's new science that's come out around pain, and I want to share that with you. There's three things I want to share that really changes how we understand chronic pain. I think it's important to have the right diagnosis in order to treat and help people to cure. So let's talk about those three things. So the first one is that they have discovered that pain is processed in the brain. It is not processed in the body part. It is produced and processed in the brain, not where it's hurting. And the second thing is that that pain is a protector. Our brain produces that pain in order to protect us from further harm. So here's an example that show these two things, and then I will add this third thing in. So let's say, hypothetically, that your dad has come over to help you in your garage to put electrical in, and you're cutting the wire. You have an X-Acto knife, and it slips off and cuts your thumb open. There's blood. What happens is that there's a sensation that is sent through your nerves up to your brain where your brain processes that nociception is what it's called and it sends a signal back down to your hand. In that case, it says, no, that wasn't good. Don't do it again. And it sends the pain signal because it's warning me that that's dangerous, that cutting myself open is not good for me. It's a protection. It's also protecting me from further harm by continuing to cause some pain for the next few days while that wound heals. It's a protector. In that example, we're talking about a physical and structural problem. But note in that scenario that the pain is still processed in the brain and you experience it in the body part. But what about people who don't have structural and physical injury? What about them? And that's where the third thing comes in. What they've done is they've been taking fMRIs, images of the brain, and they have discovered that the brain produces pain, activates the same parts of the brain of when you're physically in danger as when you're emotionally in danger, which means the brain tries to protect you when it is experiencing emotional harm. This is a paradigm shift for sure. But this information is is really good news because we can reverse this pain. And I'll explain why 
as we go on. So um, with pain being produced in, in both physical and emotional um, environments of, of potential harm, the brain can also become hypervigilant. So for people such as myself or maybe you who have experienced things like trauma, microtraumas, chronic stress, um, or repressed emotions, which we will also talk about, um, your brain can actually become hypervigilant. It uses something called predictive coding to um, collect basically all the information, everything you've experienced in life, and use that information to decide whether you need protecting. And if it is experience, it is your brain. If you have experienced a lot of situations where you are emotionally not necessarily safe, your brain starts to realize that it needs to protect you. It becomes hypervigilant and starts looking for ways that you may potentially be harmed. It can become hypervigilant and um, and the good news about this, too, is that we can retrain that hypervigilance. It's kind of like, you know, those fancy cars that have the really sensitive car alarms that go off even when somebody's walking by them. That's what our brains can become. They can become sensitive to the point that that fight or flight nervous system can become activated. The brain uses several ways to send these pain messages through neural circuits, um, um, which is just the way the brain memorizes and learns how to do things. The brain can learn to produce pain and continue to produce that pain. I'm going to talk about this science more in another episode. But it can also use the autonomic nervous system, which is divided into two parts, the fight or flight and the rest and digest. And it can um, chronically or persistently activate that fight or flight nervous system which just in in short summary that changes the physiology of your body in many many ways it changes the oxygen the blood um, how it's dispersed it changes the tension in your muscles um, you might want to check the tension in your body um, and um, uh, digestion etc there 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 are many many ways that it, it adjusts the fight or flight nervous system adjusts your body ready for action when it feels that it needs to protect itself um, so um, that's everything that I just explained to you is called the mind body con um, connection it's how the brain and the body work together um, we, we cannot separate them. They work together. Examples of this are things like um, when we experience the emotion of embarrassment, our face might um, blush. Or when we um, are experiencing anxiety for a speech we have to give tomorrow, you might have stomach issues. Or um, when you're nervous, you might have... Um, your hands might um, become moist. Those are different, different ways that the mind-body connection is is playing out um, and pain is no different um, pain is a production that your mind your brain produces on your behalf it 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 thinks that it is 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 loving you it, it thinks that it's protecting you um but it's hyper vigilant and so that pain is reversible which is the the great news you can retrain your brain you can literally rewire your brain and so that your brain um, is causing a different response in your body um, we can retrain it so that it is activating that rest or digest part of of your nervous system instead of that fight or flight and 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 stop those pain signals from being sent um, 
it's an incredibly powerful process. It does take a little time, um, but trust me, um, it is worth it. I want to talk about who can heal through this mind-body connection. We've just talked about the people who whose brains are producing the pain um, because it's emotionally protecting you. But there's also another category of pain that is called persistent pain when you might have experienced an injury maybe you broke your back or your ankle or something and yet you're months and years later and you are still experiencing pain that is um that is still again based on your brain not perceiving that you are safe it is your brain um thinking you need protection um, using that predictive coding of, of remembering what has happened to you in the past, remembering the experience that you had when you broke that body part or, or fractured it, etc., and the pain. And it's producing that pain in order to warn you to not use it because it hasn't realized that it has healed. Most people who have um, persistent pain from an injury, um, they feel that the that the body part hasn't in fact healed but most of the time it has healed but your brain is producing that pain as a protective mechanism so that category of pain can also heal from the mind-body connection which is just great news so to recap we have um we have three things the the pain is processed into brain the pain is a protector and it protects us against physical and emotional harm. So now I'm gonna um, shift into my story and so you can see how this kind of plays out into my story and then you can apply it to your own. Um, first, I'm gonna just tell you the symptoms that I experienced and then I'll come back in and, and overlay with the things that were happening in my life at the time. So. My first set of symptoms was just like a lot of like headaches and um, TMJ, um, a lot of just tension in my back. I had to get a lot of massages because it hurt so bad and I had insomnia. And then fast forward a few years and um, SIBO, small intestine, bacteria overgrowth, um, IBS, um, just stomach pain, um, ir irritation with certain foods, etc. Um, that all healed as I healed. Um, but then my biggest onset of symptoms was um, was maybe like seven years later. And it was started in my feet. I had pain in my feet when I was just walking. Um, it was terrible. I had to buy like these ugly shoes because it was the only thing my feet would tolerate. The pain like moved up into my calves and my hamstrings, um, into my hands. Um, and insomnia continued and brain fog um, it was terrible. It stole my life from me. I, uh, used to be, and, and now am again, but I used to be a West Coast swing, low level dancer. I loved it. Um, did some beginner competitions. Um, and I also like to build simple furniture, spend a lot of time with my family and friends. I was pretty active. I was full-time interpreter for the deaf and hard hearing, but was also going back to school to get my degree in interior design. So I was spending a lot of time doing 3D rendering with the mouse. Um, and at the time of the onset of pain, I had to give almost all those things up. I could not dance. I could barely walk. I could barely sit. Um, it was so unbelievably awful. 
Um, I had to adjust how I was spending time with my family and friends and I had to quit design school. I got my two year degree and called it good, um, because I could barely use a mouse. It was so painful, but I did know that there were some things that I could do in life that, that, that I loved that I could still do while I was in pain. And I was, I was dead set that I was going to enjoy life regardless. Um, and one of those things was camping. So I decided to go camping and I packed up my car with everything you would need for camping and took enough food to last as long as I wanted to go by myself because I didn't know how long I wanted to go for. I do want to pause here and just say that if you're in chronic pain, um, and you probably are if you're watching this, I, I see you and I know the space that you are in and it is so difficult. It doesn't matter how many people around you love you and care for you. Um, it can feel very isolating because nobody else is experiencing the pain you are um, and you can't get out. And I just want to give you hope that I believe you can heal. And and I hope that you will um, take this episode and, and apply some of it to you and start your journey to healing. But um, even if you don't, I just, I see where you are and it is it is incredibly challenging. So keep going. You've got this. Um, yeah. So here I am heading out to go camping and, um, and I got there and I had brought with me all of my journals of the last five to 10 years. Now, this is where I'm going to start overlaying what, um, what had emotionally happened in my life during that time. And so, um, when I went through those journals, I would take each page and I would rip it out. I would summarize what was written on that page and I would crumple it up into a ball and throw it in the fire and burn it and give it to God. Now, I'm a Christian and I know that Jesus loves me. I also know the gospel is incredibly powerful and I can't remove God from my healing journey um, but if you don't believe in God, stay tuned. This is this is all science. I do believe this is how God created our bodies, that we can reverse our pain. We can retrain our brains and turn off that pain alarm. We can teach our brains that we are in fact safe and that the areas of hypervigilance that it is that it is activating um, can be retrained and changed. And that is, is science, but I do think that, that the gospel is incredibly powerful in that process when we are teaching ourselves that emotionally we are safe in, in certain situations. So um, when I left camping, I had, I had burnt all these emotions. I didn't even know that I had taken the first step towards um, being pain-free. Um, but when I left, I was in still horrific pain. And um, when I came back, to Seattle, Washington, which is where I live, I was still in horrific pain. Um, but I realized that I had never asked for healing. And so I asked my pastors and my Bible study to pray for me. And they did. Um, I had prayed for like the doctors and I had prayed for um, um, persistence in, in dealing with the pain, etc. but I'd never actually prayed for healing. And so they prayed for me. And when they were done, I was still in pain. But that next week, I discovered all these um, websites and, and articles and um, 
and publications in medical journals and um, doctors that were treating patients with mind-body condition. And um, I just discovered all this research. And one uh, physical therapist wrote that the difference between acute and, and chronic pain was that it was a chronically activated uh, fight-or-flight nervous system. And I, when I read that, I knew that was me. And I started my healing journey immediately. Um, I took two neural retraining programs, which were incredibly powerful. And I'll talk about some of what that entailed in a minute. But first, I'm going to go back and explain those symptom onsets, what was happening in my life. So when I went back and I started looking at this, when I realized a lot of this was was based on trauma and repressed emotions and chronic stress, um, I went back and started looking at my life. And sure enough, I saw like the first set of of symptoms and pain was was around the time that I met my later to be ex-husband there was a lot of turmoil and confusion in our relationship and then my second onset was during while we were married and he had an addiction um, and I am not talking ill of him right now but living with somebody that loves you or that you love that has an addiction is incredibly painful and my brain learned to perceive and look for ways that it was in danger it looked for i started to look for ways things that would trigger him that would then cause me emotional pain i learned hypervigilance at that point in time my brain did um and then um fast forward after that we got divorced Um, and I was very concerned about what other people thought of me for my decision to leave him and other things in my life. I became, um, a people pleaser, um, in that I thought that I would find my safety in keeping other people happy and comfortable. That was when my biggest onset happened. I was constantly trying to please other people around me instead of listening and and living in the peace of the relationship that I had with God and the close people in my life. That hypervigilance of concern definitely set my brain on um, edge at all times. And that was when the pain really started to um, travel through my body. Um, And that's when it became chronic pain for me. That was for me, probably about six-ish years ago when that started, when that onset started. Um, so that's a little bit of, of what had been happening um, during my life as the pain had happened. There's obviously more to my story and that um, I'm happy and, and will be sharing that at other times, um, especially in, in coaching um, as encouragement for other people. Um So when I took the neural retraining programs, I will say that my um, healing journey was not linear. Um, It took me about six months. That first month, I had quite a bit of reduction of pain. And then um, there was a lot of up and downs. If you're already in the healing process and and are um, experiencing um, flare-ups, etc., keep going. Stay hopeful. It, It does it does pan out, but it is um, nerve-wracking as you're going along. Um, it, yeah, like I said, it took me about six months. It included things like pain reprocessing therapy and um, graded exposure, which um, is slowly introducing the things 
that you're, you have stopped doing because of pain. So shoes were an example um, for me. Um, I, my body had also rejected um, pants that had seams in them. And so I started carrying around jeans and visualizing myself wearing jeans without pain. And then I carried them with me. And then I started wearing them for about 10 minutes, etc., until I could build up the tolerance and teach my brain that it was safe for me to do those things. I did that same type of activity with emotional scenarios where my brain felt slightly unease. And I learned to teach myself that I could be safe physically at ease peace that passes understanding in my body and my brain in certain scenarios. I use all these therapies in my own, in my coaching with um, my clients also, by the way. Um, I also created space for myself to experience the repressed emotions in my life that I had never found a safe space to experience them. So by myself, I would learn how to experience and express those emotions, um, which was really important. I did a lot of writing assignments. Um, I learned boundaries. I learned to say no and I learned to say yes. And I learned to even say no to some of my own ruminating thoughts was just incredibly powerful. Um, I can say now that I am emotionally, spiritually, and mentally, and finally, and last, physically, healthier than I've ever been in my life. And I am unbelievably grateful for it. I would not actually replace um, this whole journey because of the place that it has brought me to. So I want you to also have that hope. If you are looking to see more resources of some of the um, articles that I have found, the websites, the doctors, um, the neuroscientists, all that stuff is on my website under the tab called The Science. And also um, you could follow me on um Facebook and Instagram, Thought by Thought Healing, and I'm Jennifer Johnson. Um, you can follow me there. I'm going to be doing tips on the science um, because the science is really important for you to understand when you are teaching your brain that you are healthy um, and that you are safe. Um, so the science and then um, just some of my my own healing um, tips I'll be sharing there and then the gospel too and how it I find that amazingly powerful when you are dealing with emotions such as anger and shame, guilt, fear. All these emotions are really powerful. And when they stay inside and do not have resolve, they do play out in our bodies. Um, I am proof of that. Um, so um, that is my first episode. Um, we've talked about my story and how all the science that um, they're discovering how that played out in my life. And I am hoping that you can take this and, and look at your life and see if any of this um, applies to you. Feel free to reach out if you want from my website, thoughtbythoughthealing.com. And um, my, next, um, my next episode will be more on the science. Um, and so uh, stay tuned for my second episode. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And thank you for being with uh, me today. All right, talk to you later. Bye.